This is Generation Justice. I'm Tamara Kalaki. And I'm Erwin Rivera. Generation Justice is a multimedia project that trains youth to create media that inspires positive social change. Over the last few years, cities across the U.S. have witnessed countless police killings of unarmed men and women of color, poor people, and those living with mental illness. At the same time, from New York City to Ferguson, Albuquerque, and San Francisco, the community has stood up against police violence. Tonight, we highlight the actions of the hashtag Frisco5, a group of San Francisco activists who launched a 17-day hunger strike against police violence and racism. We'll be joined by hunger strike participant and hip-hop artist Equipto. The month of May is also Mental Health Awareness Month. We learn more about its history and importance with Ane Romero, a mental health advocate. Our exciting community calendar will help you stay connected. We also have some powerful music tonight. The first song is called Woodcarver by a tribe called Red. Hey! Hey! Put the knife down! Put the knife down! Put the knife down! The Hashtag Frisco 5 are a group of San Francisco activists who recently ended a 17-day hunger strike to demand that Police Chief Greg Sir be fired or removed from his post. This is a police chief and department with a long history of violence inflicted on communities of color. Tonight, we feature hunger strike participant and Bay Area hip-hop artist Equipto to discuss police violence and racism in San Francisco, as well as the hunger strike. We spoke to Equipto days after ending the 17-day hunger strike and being released from the hospital, and minutes after Hashtag Frisco 5's first press conference. This interview was the first one he did with any media group after the hunger strike. Let's take a listen to Generation Justice fellow Kateri Zuni with Equipto. My name is Kateri Zuni, and I'm speaking with Equipto, who also goes by Iliad Sato. He's a hip-hop artist and producer from San Francisco. He and four other people, known as the Frisco Five, recently ended a 17-day hunger strike in protest of the San Francisco Police Department and called for the firing of the police chief, Greg Sir, after ongoing tactics of violence and racism. Equipto, welcome to Generation Justice. May I have you introduce yourself, please? Hi, this is uh, Equipto, San Francisco hip-hop artist, human being. I represent Solidarity Records, Black and Brown United, the Frisco Five, Frisco 500, Justice for Mario Wood Coalition. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us, Equipto. What was the genesis of the Frisco Five hunger strike? Well, basically, a lot of things have been going on with San Francisco in the last eight years and some, but more like more or less and since Willie Brown into the Ed Lee regime. So... What's been going on in San Francisco is gentrification, displacement, murdering by the police, homelessness, budget cuts in education. It's just at an alarming rate. It's like they're not trying to let you see it around the world or let alone around the nation of what's really happening in San Francisco. In the last year, there's been at least four, five murders that we just know about. Of course, there's been more but have been profiled in this videotape form, some of them, as far as Emil Car Perez Lopez, who was an a, a immigrant from Guatemala who lived out here and trying to make a living. 
to send money back to his family. He was shot six times in his back. They said that he was attacking when he had shots in his back. They had Mario Woods, who was shot December 2nd, 2015, uh, over 23 shots, 20-something shots on videotape. He have Alex Nieto, who was shot over 59 times out of hill mistaking his taser for a weapon mm-hmm. because he had a 49er jacket on. So this is all. And then there's Kenneth Harden, who was shot, and they said he, he killed himself. They left him bleeding on the street for over 45 minutes. This is all going down in San Francisco under the watch of Chief Sir, San Francisco Greg Sir. Not to mention he's been demoted twice before he even became chief as a, as a tenant, as a police officer. So his track record, his resume, has already been well-known and well-publicized of how horrible job he's been doing for the last year alone. With all these officers that have committed these murders, they all have their jobs. They're back to getting paid. There's no consequences at all, anything you face for these police officers. So that's what's happening. And with the last one, Luis Gongora, who happened to be about a month ago, a homeless man who got shot within 30 seconds pulling up on the scene, after that happened, it was pretty much set in stone that we were going to do the hunger strike because we had talked about it months prior of what we can do, certain actions. And when enough is enough, when that Louis going to go to happen, my mother had said that it's time to get it going. Yeah, so that's how it, it came about pretty much, the, the hunger strike and the genesis and the, the foundation of where it came from. Can you tell us your personal story of deciding to, to strike? Well, my personal side of it would be, you know, my mother really wanting to do it and me being supportive of her, as well as seeking justice and finding ways that we could bring these issues to the forefront, bring more attention to San Francisco issues, maybe make them nationwide, worldwide, you know, which a part of the mission. It was, it was some of our goals as well. Hopefully some of these mainstream media people could cover it. So basically that was part of it. And it was rough, but, I mean, it was a commitment. It was a committed thing that we really wanted to be a part of. We wanted to make it happen, and I think it was pretty much a success. And can you describe the experience of being on hunger strike with your mother? Well, it's worrisome, you know, when you're out there. But there was a lot of support. A lot of people came through with tents and sleeping bags and coconut water, water, and people just came to watch our backs stood as security for us. So a lot of that and a lot of our family friends that helped and were a part of the Frisco Five, basically, but they weren't taking the hunger strike. They were our caretakers. They made it easier on me as far as worrying for my mother or myself, for that matter, you know, making sure I had the right vitamins or at least, you know, things like that. A lot of ups and downs, highs and lows, but a lot of it was It was a beautiful movement because it was all for the right cause. It was all for love and justice. Thank you. Can you talk a little bit more about how other activists or even other just residents in the city have been responding? Well, it's um, a majority of people have been in support of it. And a lot of people might not agree with the tactic, the hunger strike. But I think everybody agreed on the same goal. We all want Chief Sir gone. We all want to get rid of Ed Lee. So I think a lot of activists, a lot of organizations came and supported, talking to us, came through, and basically held us. We had a huge march, and it was, I mean, you had APTP involved. You had Asians for Black Lives Matter involved. You had the Nation of Islam involved. You have 
a bunch of organizations involved that maybe not normally would be together, but in solidarity of what the city is going through and the same goals, I think we had a lot of support. And that's what the majority of it was. But there were some people that didn't support, I guess. A lot of people don't understand what a hunger strike is or they haven't seen it in their generation or in their in their time, let alone in San Francisco, where you have the best foods in, almost in the world. You know, you have so much a variety of food. And for us to pull a hunger strike out here, I guess it was kind of like people didn't take it serious. But we were out here really putting our health and our, our lives basically on the line out here. I mean, I could honestly say that. But a lot of the people have supported, uh, like organizations, but a lot of the, the people of the community, people, regular people, everyday people, they're coming by with their tea kettles, giving us tea from around the corner, people bringing us heat pads and all type of things, you know, flashlights, battery chargers, herbs and sages, blessing us with ceremonial, you know, prayers. It was really beautiful. That's a wonderful picture you paint of community really coming out and supporting their own. I think that's wonderful. What is the message, I guess, of the Frisco Five? The message would be to never give up and to keep fighting every day. That's the only way that we're going to bring any type of pressure or any type of change if we commit our life to it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only way. I mean, I think the reason, a lot of the reason why the hunger strike did so well and traction-wise was a daily thing. People were there every day, whether it be the BD or friends, and it just built up the community. Like I was talking, it built up a whole powerful community. Basically, that's what it is, you know. How has uh, the city government responded to the hunger strike? The city government, at this point, yesterday, four supervisors have signed on to say fire chief, sir. That might be San Francisco history. Four supervisors on board to say fire the chief. So before that, I mean, we didn't have no response until maybe 10 to 12 days. There was no love for us. And then the supervisors, a couple of them came and visited us, a couple of city officials. They just said that basically what we're asking for is impossible. That's what mm-hmm. they're telling us in our face. Well, the fire chief, sir, is impossible to get rid of. Ed Lee is impossible. And... This is like, you know, in the midst of our hunger strike. So all four supervisors for four different districts said that they are with the hunger strikers in our demand, in our demand to fire chief, sir. That's good. I'm glad that they're showing you support there in some way. Yeah. So with that, what are the next steps for the Frisco Five? Well, right now, I don't know if you guys heard out there, but there's a movement that's grown to the Frisco 500. Mm-hmm. So Frisco 5, as we were hospitalized um, under doctor's orders, there was an uprising, a rebellion, a resistance that happened at City Hall the next day that we were hospitalized. So we were all in the hospital, and it was the community, it was the youth and the elders that came together and said, it's enough is enough. If you're going to let these brothers and this sister starve, on the streets and not pay us any type of attention, then it can't go on no more, no more business as usual. So it basically went to a, a violent a violent stage as how they were treating the youth. They really treated them in a military fashion. They came out with a riot gear, riot helmets, trying to intimidate them. All that Frisco 500 was trying to do was hold space and represent and bring some attention to what's going on. That's what is growing to a 
to a whole movement. We have things that have cultivated through the months, through the Mario Wiz Coalition, through Alex Nieto Coalition, Emil Carr Perez, and we've had the black and brown community come together more than ever in San Francisco as far as what's been going on lately. We have the Bayview and the Mission together. It's something special that's going on. We feel we have great momentum right now. We have the world watching. The world is listening. And we just need everybody to bring pressure to Ed Lee and Greg Sir. everybody to bring these issues to the forefront of what's happening in San Francisco, what real citizens of San Francisco are doing. And we take pride of being from San Francisco that we're trying to restore and bring back. Frisco 5 is Frisco 500. We'll grow to Frisco 5,000, and we're seeking justice, and that's all. We're not going to compromise. We've had enough. Everyone here is woke. We're not stupid. We're not naive. We have a variety of people on our roster. I'm very excited about what's going to happen and what we're doing for San Francisco, and they need to watch out because we're coming at them. That's really great that you describe all of these communities of color coming together and really showing up as a force. Right. You might be familiar with our own history of police violence out here in Albuquerque. That's also something that has, you know, been heavily covered, at least in our state. And I think uh, one instance in particular made nationwide media coverage where our police force basically shot and murdered an unarmed homeless man in the foothills of our city. So, I mean, obviously, it's happening here in Albuquerque. It's happening in San Francisco. It's all over the country as our police forces become more and more militarized, I think. What is your message that you would share with other communities who are experiencing that same kind of police violence? I would say stand up, organize. It's now or never, you know, and to teach the younger generations what's going on. I mean, that's really what's really important. And to let them know that it's a it's a nationwide, worldwide struggle is going on everywhere. It's going to take real dedication. That's that's what I think. Is in order for people to really want change, it's time to organize and consolidate, consolidate the struggles. You know, everything can You know, I think there's so many problems. Like we're we're San Francisco, just like everybody else. We have displacement. You have problems with the education. We have problems with the murder and the police. So I think there shouldn't be so many meetings. There shouldn't be so many protests. There need to be consolidated all into one. We need we don't need 200 people here. We don't need 300 people here. We need 700 people here. We need 800 people here. And I uh, suggest that you take it to the steps of City Hall. Take it to the steps of the police department. You know, really let them know how you feel. Really let them know how you feel. Everybody voices voices matter, and it's it's time to do the research. You know, if we really really care about what's going on, then you're going to do research. You're going to find out where the mayor is going to be. You're going to find out where the uh, where the next police commission meeting is going to be. You're going to find out where a town hall meeting is for the community and stay involved. You know, it's now or never right now. I mean, a lot of us say uh, things haven't changed. It's not changing. It's changed. You know, and I agree with that, but there's still a chance, and I believe that we have hope. We have a belief that we can overcome and we can restore some culture back into the city. Even if it's what, you know, it's what we get, we're going to start with some, but as long as it's ours, we're going to have it. And I like how you mentioned culture. I think that's a really powerful way to assert our space is bringing our cultures into the forefront 
Equipto, is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Well, I just like to share that um, one love for all the support out there, period, because none of this would happen without the people. I really learned the true definition of power to the people on this journey, whether it be a comment, whether it be, you know, people that physically came out, people that brought things, stopped by for one minute and brought something, you know, uh, even the, the underground media, you know, the Latino media, the black media, all the media that really covered what was going on out here. It was uh, a beautiful journey. Yes, thank you. And thank you for taking the time to speak with us again. You know, I I just want to personally thank you for for your fight and for your perseverance. Thank you very much. I appreciate that very much. Equipto, I am very grateful to have learned more about you and those who are a part of this hunger strike to recognize police violence and racism in San Francisco. Your courageous actions are greatly appreciated. Thank you for standing up for the people. Equipto, we are so grateful for sharing your amazing story. I now have a better understanding of hunger strikes and that they are for good causes. Thank you so much for joining us. This next song is a collaboration that Equipto was a part of. It is called Justice for Mario Woods by the Justice for Mario Woods Coalition. This chief has resided over a climate and a culture of hate, bigotry, racism, sexism, a disregard for black life. We don't have to ask the question if black lives matter in San Francisco. It's obvious black lives don't matter in San Francisco. We want justice for Mario Woods. We want justice for Mario Woods. We want justice for Mario Woods. Woods. Independent investigation. Fire chief, sir, and charge the cops with murder. Leah Cohen, what's your position on the tragic murder of Mario Woods? Kenneth Harding, District 10, our last black neighborhood. Nothing can change the way my people feel. How can our community heal when the police shoot to kill? Luckily, we have video. Would have been some more of that okie doke. The San Francisco trigger happy cops killing black and brown folks. It's no joke. State of emergency, red alert. What's my solution? All out, grassroots. Power to the people, streets, revolution. I'm trying to get every able bodied man and woman in every hood in America to cause mass hysteria, demand justice. Don't want to hear a police commission puppets and only care about me. But what about HP? No wonder if not the pigs, the genocide takes us under. I'm on a mission to awake my sleeping sisters and brothers. Tactical organization, laws, mass demonstrations, global mobilization all across the entire nation. Nation, 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 nation. We want justice for Mario Woods. We want justice for Mario Woods. Justice for Mario Woods. Free demand. Independent investigation. Fire chief, sir. And charge the cops with murder. We're on Ed Lee's doorstep, so we can't ignore it. Screaming, we need justice for the pain and the torment. Mama crying, saying, look at me in the eye. To the pigs that all lie. Nothing that justifies the killing of young and black and brown kids. Who's they target? So we fighting for these pigs to be brought up on charges. For the murdering from Frisco to Ferguson. Gentrified cities trying to make the change permanent. Developers, investors, intentions to wipe out 
the culture Conditioning the mind of young soldiers But if we organize in the name of Alex and Mario Unite every hood community in the barrio Stand up and show them that black lives matter Power of influence of entertainers and rappers Get together our demands to the committee And fight for it Then we gon' take back the city We want justice for Mario Woods We want justice for Mario Woods. We want justice for Mario Woods. We demand independent investigation. Fire chief, sir, and charge the cops with murder. Blood on the block. Culture's getting eaten. Vultures getting fat and the fat getting greedy. I just call it as I see it. Changes what we need. And last time I checked, any human get cut end up bleeding. All is one, we a legion. Fuck a flag, pledge allegiance to my fellow human beings. Hands high, if you feel it, don't let these devils leech it. The city is ours, and we gotta fight to keep it. Shots fired, another brother's essence in the sky. Tears fall down the mother's eye. My baby wasn't ready to die. We need each other in this fear-driven land. They sinking like sand pits. They can't stand it, expansion can't be stopped if they planned it. For justice we was asking, now we here to demand it. Let's stand in solidarity, almost there. As we come together, put a fist in the air. We want justice for Mario Woods. We want justice for Mario Woods. We want justice for Mario Woods. Fire chief, sir, and charge the cops with murder. We want justice for Mario Woods. We want justice for Mario Woods. We want justice for Mario Woods. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. This month is meant to break stigma surrounding mental illness and getting help. And this year's theme is life with a mental illness. People have taken to social media using the hashtag mental illness feels like to illustrate the ways mental illness affects everyday life and relationships. To learn more, we're excited to be joined by Ani Romero, a native New Mexican who advocates for mental health at the state and national level. Here is Generation Justice fellow Polly Dinekla with Ani Romero. Hello, my name is Polly Dinetclaw, and I'm sitting here with Ane Romero, who is a nationally recognized policy and award-winning mental health advocate and speaker. Thank you for joining us, Ane. Sure, thank you so much for having me. So, Ane, the first thing that I'm going to have you do is just please introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, so, my name is Ane Romero, and I am very proud to be working in the field of mental health. I got started very early on, uh, but I've been doing suicide prevention trainings since 2003. I am nationally um, certified and trained through the Yellow Ribbon Program. And um, I really got involved in mental health uh, when I lost a very close friend to suicide. I was 13. Just to know that someone who I cared about, someone who was very loved in the community, um, very young, my friend was only 15 when she died, uh, just to know that there were young people who really felt this immense pain uh, that was so overwhelming and felt like this world would be better off without them really impacted me. And so that really set the stage for me to 
work and learn about mental health and how to combat suicide. And, and so it's really kind of been my lifelong work and my passion. And um, so I really love what I do. I love people and I love life. So definitely a, a, a great path for me to go into. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Anya. Sure, thank you. And can you tell us about the history of Mental Health Awareness Month? Sure. So uh, since 1949, May Mental Health Month has been observed uh, nationally, but it wasn't until 2013 that President Obama actually officially declared May as National Mental Health Awareness Month. And so as an advocate, I've been working on this issue for a very long time. I uh, started out in, in my own community. And uh, in 2005, I worked alongside uh, Senator Pete Campos, who um, sponsored a bill that I wrote. And uh, it was a Senate Joint Memorial that would, de- that would implement suicide prevention training in all New Mexico schools. It passed, became one of the earliest pieces of legislation related to suicide prevention in New Mexico to successfully pass the state legislature, and that garnered national attention. I met Congresswoman Grace Napolitano, who is actually the lead uh, congressional member, both in the House and the Senate, on issues pertaining to mental health. She's the founder of the Mental Health Caucus. And as fate would have it, I actually got to work for the Congresswoman for seven and a half years. And part of my duties was to oversee the Congressional Mental Health Caucus, which is close to 100 members of Congress, uh, bipartisan, and uh, really work on national mental health policies. So when I got to Capitol Hill, uh, there was about a week that was designated for me Mental Health Month. And so I thought, we should be doing events all month. And so we started hosting events every single week in May. We had national advocates come from all over the country. We had um, the first official congressional photo. So now every year, members of Congress uh, pull together. They wear lime green, uh, which is the color for mental health. And we take a huge photo on the steps of the Capitol. And so um, it's really turned into this big event on not only on Capitol Hill, but nationally. And so we're really proud to bring May National Mental Health Month here to New Mexico. Thank you for sharing that history with us, Ana. Sure. I really appreciate it. Particularly here in New Mexico, why do you think May Mental Health Awareness Month is so important? Unfortunately for New Mexico, we rank within the top states for suicide. Uh, nationally, we also rank second in the nation for uh, youth suicide deaths. So um, that's ages 14 to 25. Historically, our behavioral health system has uh, not been robust. And so it's really imperative that we start to look at this from an action standpoint. Uh, I think we can look at the statistics, we can look at the resources that we lack to really stand and say that enough is enough. We need uh, to work towards comprehensive behavioral health care in New Mexico. There's a lot of families who are struggling. They are unable to find resources for their family members to get help. Um, a lot of the providers themselves, they have, you know, they're filled to capacity in terms of clients that they're seeing. And specifically when it comes to working with children, uh, we have very limited behavioral health providers who are licensed to work with children. We live in the most beautiful state in the country. Uh, We have a rich 
a history. We have such a diverse culture. Just to know that our people are suffering and there's very little out there to make sure that they are taken care of um, is very, very important. One of my favorite quotes is, you know, the, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. So this is definitely our first step. This month, there are a few events coming up to raise awareness around mental health. So can you tell us a little bit more about those? This has actually taken a little over a year to organize. Uh, we have a series of events, really, really awesome, that Al the city of Albuquerque has now um, joined us, and uh, they are one of the sponsors for May Mental Health Month. The city council just issued a proclamation declaring May as, as Mental Health Month in Albuquerque. We also have an art event, uh, which is bringing together folks and artists from around the community. There's students who have painted art pieces that's done through Art Groove that will be benefiting the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to kind of help cap off May Mental Health Month. First Choice Community Clinic will be hosting a mental health fair on Tuesday, May 17th at uh, First Choice Community Clinic in the South Valley uh, from 10 to 4 p.m. And then we will be hosting a community mental health panel. Folks can come, they can learn about mental health, they can get a blood pressure screening, they can get an eye exam, um, and they can also learn more about how they can get a, a mental health screening as well. Those sound like some really great and exciting events. Ani, thank you for sharing them with us. Sure, thank you. And we hope to see you all there. What do you hope comes out of this month of celebrating mental health awareness um, and also bringing attention to this really important issue? So I think one of the key things that we want is we just want people to start getting involved. We want people, to, we want to create awareness. We want um families to come out if they're worried about themselves or someone that they love. We want them to know that there is hope and that there is support out there. So we think that that is really the overall uh, message. Uh, we're also looking to really get advocates and organizations to start working together because this is such a big issue that affects each and every one of us. Um, one out of every five Americans will suffer from a mental illness at least one time in their life. And so we really just want individuals to start collaborating together. We want to start sending the message that uh, we can only impact people's lives and start saving lives if we all start working together. Um, which is exactly what we are seeing happening. Um, it's just amazing to see organizations and advocates um, have a home where they can come and they can really do this amazing work and really have some really positive impacts on their own communities. So we're really hoping to expand that more to include southern New Mexico and to get to all corners of, of the state. I really like how you are trying to incorporate the entire state. I feel like I say this all the time um, because I'm from McKinley County. Everything is so centered around Bernalillo County. But personally, um, at my school too, we had a young person in our class commit suicide. And so from there, um, our school took it very seriously and provided a lot of support, sort of um, the resources available. So I really, um, I want to thank you for your advocacy because, like you said, all of us are touched by mental illness in one way or another. 
it's actually um, one of the things that I personally um, am committed to talking about and bringing light to because my family has been touched um, by this issue and it's really hard to see people in your community suffering and it's really hard to deal with the heaviness of this topic. Mm -hmm. But I want to thank you so much um, for your advocacy and for continuing to make New Mexico, you know, a better place. Sure. Well, you know, it's my dream. And that's my long-term goal is to make New Mexico number one in behavioral health care. Um, I want to make it a place where every child and man and woman in our state, um, just the same way as when we go, what do you do if you're on fire? Stop, drop, and roll. I want everyone, when we ask the question, if you or someone you know is in crisis and needs mental health services, where can you go and who can you call? And I want us to get to the point where everyone knows the answer to that. Um, and the importance of each community having um, ownership of May Mental Health Month or um, activities is because is exactly what you were saying is that a lot of times we do events that are in the Bernalillo County area, but the resources that we have here are not available in McKinley County or up in northern New Mexico. And so it really does those communities a disservice to kind of tell them, here's everything that we have, and then they go back to their own communities and and they lack those resources. So it's really about empowering communities to identify what do they have in their community, and if they don't have that resource in their community, what can they start doing to create those support systems? Are there any resources you can share if anyone listening needs them? Definitely. Um, well, if you're on social media, definitely we encourage folks to use the hashtag MHM2016. If you happen to live in a part of New Mexico that's very rural and you can't get out to an event, um, you can do a selfie wearing lime green, which is the color of mental health, the lime green ribbon, or holding up a sign saying why you support mental health for individuals who are interested in learning about what events are taking place throughout New Mexico, they can actually go to the uh, website um, achrnm.org. That stands for the Albuquerque Center for Hope and Recovery, newmexico.org. If folks need someone that they need to talk to, um, sometimes you just are having a tough day. Sometimes you don't really know what's going on. Uh, we all have struggles. And, and the one thing that we always say is every one of us is facing a struggle that many of us have no idea about, uh, whether it's finals, whether it's family issues, whether it's, you know, a recent breakup, um, a job loss, um, whatever is going on in your life. We, we want to let people know that it's okay to ask for help. Um, you should never be ashamed, embarrassed, or afraid to reach out. So there is a national crisis hotline number, which is one 800 273-TALK, so 1-800-273-8255, and it's a confidential hotline um, that is available seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and anyone can call that number and they will be connected to a uh, professional crisis intervention specialist who will be able to provide them with any direct resources that are in their community um, or just be there to talk to them if they need somebody to chat with. The one thing that I have learned, especially from working with young people, I mean, I've sat across teenagers who have attempted suicide and have really been in some of the deepest, darkest moments of their life. And 
they have been able to pull through that by um, seeking treatment, whether that's through talk therapy or medication or um, by going to talk to a counselor. But um, whatever it is that you're going through, don't don't go through that journey alone. Um, you know, we, we are definitely here. Reach out and talk to someone. Is there anything else you would like to add, Ani? I would definitely just like to end by saying thank you to um, to you and your partners for allowing us to come and talk about May as National Mental Health Month today. Also would like to thank all of the countless organizations for their time, for their dedication, for um, sharing their heart and their soul. Some of our participants are individuals who have been impacted by mental illness or who have lost a loved one to suicide. And so it's not easy to do this work. Thank you to Generation Justice. The work that you all do is amazing and it starts with youth. You know, they always say youth are are the leaders of tomorrow and I always say that the youth are the leaders of today. And if you would like to learn more, you can go to the Albuquerque Center for Hope and Recovery website and uh, send send me an email or give us a call. Ane, thank you for sharing your vision, your beautiful vision with us and talking with us about this important issue. Sure, thank you. And everyone out there, wear lime green uh, for May Mental Health Month to show your support. Um, Let it strike up a conversation. So thank you all again so much for having me. For Generation Justice, I'm Polly Dineclaw. Ane, thank you so much for being a dedicated and genuine advocate for our mental health community. It is always an honor to learn how you are helping New Mexicans stand in solidarity with our relatives living with mental illnesses. You are greatly appreciated. Ani, listening to you, I learned that we are ranked as one of the top states for suicide and being second in the nation for youth suicide, which is upsetting because this should not be happening in our wonderful state. This next song is called Who Am I by Justin Allison. This song is for anybody who's been suicidal. They've been backed into a corner, they don't think that they can get out They don't think it's gonna get better Well I've been there before, and I promise you it does I thought my situation was the worst, I thought I had nothing to live for But I promise you it gets better My friend was scared that he would lose his life He decided one night it was a God-given right To make the choice of either being dead or alive No one was around, no one to write the time down He had a gun in his hand, he pressed against his mind Now he's squeezing the trigger, but he's still alive somehow That's how John Q felt, suicidal attempt failed I deal with my homie, but we crippled like we walked through minefields We have visited hell, and everyone can feel that way We're only victims of our own pain Because of what we've been through, we all handle things differently So when you hit rock bottom, you used to be so high But after summer skies, you're just a dying leaf that's falling You gotta find a second wind, hold on to it, may then Divert you from your own end, wasted quick fix Think about the pain that you'd inevitably inflict Even if there's only one person in this world that cares for you That's one too many, that will have to deal with it Who am I? Too much wrong in my life, pushing me to choose my final night Will it be suicide or will I see the other side? I need some help right now, I feel so blind I shouldn't give up, I have to keep trying Ashamed that inside I cry I just wanna see the light Why am I this way? I shouldn't wanna die 
I shouldn't wanna die Don't ever go and kick somebody when you see they're down Don't ever yell or spit at someone cause they've got a frown May no one be neglected when they're trying to reach out If I didn't ask for help I couldn't sing the song right now Too many of my friends have lost their parents Too many parents, siblings, teammates and friends The hurt just seems to reach no end And all these people were the foe, well respected It seems like when you kill yourself you're finally accepted But once the deed is done, you can't be resurrected Quick and final fix and pains are irreflected But to have a balance, well there's gotta be rejection You'll always find hate trying to lurk around love You can't look below if you can't make it above It shows you for whom the doors stay open and tightly shut We ain't made for this world to decide when our life is done We're made to make and spread love to appreciate everyone Who am I? Too much wrong in my life, pushing me to choose my final night Will it be suicide or will I see the other side? I need some help right now, I feel so blind I shouldn't give up, I have to keep trying Ashamed that inside I crying, I just wanna see the light Why am I this way? I shouldn't wanna die I shouldn't wanna die The best thing I never did was roll my car into that traffic Almost did it once but then it hit me without an accident What if I actually killed someone other than myself? I hate the thought of damaging another person's health I would've died not knowing what I now can call my wealth I would've died depressed and a pissed off kid I would've died thinking that I had an ignorant twin I wouldn't have ever found out that my parents did All that they did Not only for themselves and that the world is full of people who are much like myself My life was a fiasco, empty and nothing else Then hip hop saved my life, the air the love I felt, the holes are just too worn, so I got another belt. I answered the question, who in the hell am I? Born sinner, but I gotta know where to draw the line. I was meant to keep trying and eventually to fly. At the bottom of the pit, it was too hard to recognize. After analyzing more, I know I love my life. I was meant to be a father, not another suicide. Who am I? I am one of the countless to fight and conquer suicide To the fullest live my life when my loved ones by my side Even though life is exhausting, it's a beautiful ride I never gave up, I'm so thankful I survived I'm happy every night knowing the next day will arrive Everything turned around for myself and for my child For everyone I care about I don't wanna die I don't wanna die I've seen way too many people hurt by suicide I've seen too many people committing suicide It's, it's destructive in all of its path It's like a forest fire that's gonna destroy everything And I can tell you personally that it gets better I was backed up for too long, man Most of hurt is when I kept it bottled inside So you gotta reach out, I'm telling you And anybody that reaches out, you gotta take them seriously It's not just on them, they're hurting too bad It takes a lot for them to open up, believe it or not It's embarrassing even, so even if it's subtle You gotta take them serious I've seen Way too many times people egging somebody on to jump Egging somebody on to just do it Don't just stand by, be the person to hear their cry Be the person to help them get help I got mine, luckily I sought the help I needed it Now I understand the pain that I have But I also understand what I have to live for Had I taken my own life, I wouldn't have ever found that out I wouldn't have found out that every life is blessed in some way And there's no need to compare yourself to anybody else My life is about my daughter, but I wouldn't have known that Your life is about family And it don't have to be blood, man, your friends are your family Family, teammates of your family Anybody you care about and love And they can reciprocate that bond That is family So don't do it for yourself And don't do that to your family We've reached the point in our show Where we take some time to celebrate our community Here's our kinder hosts Christina Rodriguez and Edward Cruz Thank you Tamara and Edwin it's time for Community Calendar. I'm Christina Rodriguez. And I'm Edgar Cruz. What's coming up this week, Christina? Our first event to look out for is Lobo Slam's final show this Wednesday, May 18th. 
Finals at UNM have just ended, and Lowell Slam is also wrapping up the semester strong. It's the last show until next semester, so you'll want to catch this all-ages open mic and slam. The featured poet for the slam is national competitor and aspiring novelist Talisha Johnson. She's competed on a national level at both the Women of the World Poetry Slam and the Individual World Poetry Slam. And last year, she released her debut poetry collection, Falling in Love with Picking Myself Up. You don't want to miss her perform. Again, it's this Wednesday, May 18th at Winnings Coffee at 7 p.m. For more information, you can search Lobo Slam on Facebook. This is also a great way to keep track of all of their future slams. Our next event is a documentary later this week at the Guild about Eva Hesse. That's this Friday, May 20th at 8 p.m. There will be a screening of the documentary and a discussion with the director afterwards. Eva Hesse is one of America's foremost post-war artists. She made sculptures using latex, fiberglass, and plastic. The cool thing about Eva is that she's one of the few women in the 60s to make it into the mainstream and to be taken seriously in a field that was dominated entirely by male pop artists. If you can't make it this Friday night to watch the film and chat with the director, but you still want to check out the film, you're in luck. There will also be screenings at both 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. this Friday all the way through next Thursday. If you're still busy during the week, we have an event this weekend for all you young leaders. This Saturday, there will be a Youth Advisory Council meeting by Talking Talents Youth Leadership. Talking Talents Youth Leadership is inspiring tomorrow's environmental leaders today. They do a lot of cool work combining environmental advocacy with life skills. Their meeting this weekend is featuring Jennifer Owen White from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, who will be talking about successful public speaking methods. Then, Kari Malcolm from the Cibola National Forest Service will be helping build resumes and giving advice. Not only that, but there's going to be food and drinks as well. It will be at Bakeki Open Space inside the Environmental Education Building. Again, it's this Saturday morning from 10 to noon. And if you want more information, you can talk to Betsy Fullreader at 505-289-7406. We have another event this weekend for all the moviegoers out there. There will be a screening of No Mas Bebes. This event is being hosted by Young Women United at the Guild. The movie is about thousands of women throughout this last century who have been unknowingly sterilized after giving birth, many who were Spanish-speaking immigrants. After the screening, there will be a discussion on the sterilization of women in New Mexico and how we can ensure that all women have access to information, education, and resources. And we'll walk away with knowledge about LARCs, long-activating reversible contraceptives. For more information, you can call the organizers at YWU at 505-831-8930. If you're trying to venture out into nature this weekend, we have an event for you too. Of course. The next Hasekia Walk and Talk is this weekend, May 22nd. The Hasekia Walk and Talk is going to be at the Sanchez Farm Open Space at 10 a.m. These Walk and Talks are being held by CESOS, the Center for Social Sustainable Systems. They're part of El Agua Sagrada initiative that raises consciousness on how important it is for us to protect and preserve precious water resources and traditions. Through the Walk and Talk, community members can give the history and stories of the Hasekia and also encourage us to improve our own health and our connection to the land. If you have any questions about the event, you can contact organizer Virginia Nekoshea at 505-304-8724. And that's it for this week's community calendar. I'm Christina Rodriguez. And I'm Edgar Cruz. Thanks for joining us. Now back to our hosts, Tamara and Edwin. Thank you, Christina and Edgar, for that awesome community calendar. Now we have another song for you. It's called Heart and Soul by Equipto featuring Mike Marshall. 
San Francisco, home to the Golden Gate Bridge, Fisherman's Wharf, and the cable car.
Thank you for joining us this evening as we have celebrated Mental Health Awareness Month and learn more about the actions of the hashtag Frisco5. We would like to thank Ane Romero and Equipto, also known as Illich Sato, for joining us on this evening's show. And thanks again to our amazing calendar hosts, Cristina Rodriguez and Edgar Cruz. Thank you to Kamaria Umi for engineering this evening's program. Production assistance came from Kateri Zuni, George Luna Pena, Christina Rodriguez, Polly Dineklaw, Jennifer Lim, Alden Bruce, and Roberta Rael. Stay connected with us by checking our website, generationjustice.org, where you can listen to our past radio programs, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and much, much more. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes, so be sure to subscribe. We're also active on social media, so please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kella Foundation, with additional funding from the McKim Foundation, Konanma Health Foundation, and of course all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned. I'm Erwin Rivera. And I'm your co-host, Tamara Kalaki. To end our program tonight, we will leave you with a few closing songs. See you next Sunday at 7 o'clock. It's too late to apologize. My dad's dad's twin brother died there. It's too late to apologize. My friend's dad died two months too late. He didn't hear the apology. It's too late to apologize. 50,000 Indian kids are unaccounted for. It's too late to apologize. I can't think or speak in my own language. Kiyuga, Anadaga, Mohawk, Newhawk. No, I won't stop. The rain, the pain, and through the insane, I see the healing. I see the feeling. Shut it down. The new Jim Crow. Shut it down. Mass incarceration. Shut it down. The whole damn system. Shut it down.